Have you noticed that marketers are getting younger and younger? There's a wave of talented 20-somethings hitting marketing departments with their own unique look on advertising. In this episode, we'll sit down with two students and their professor to get their take on local marketing and how they plan to shape the future of advertising. Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights on the ever-changing world of local marketing from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Guarantee Digital, providing a full suite of white-label digital agency services and strategic guidance, and by Ground Truth. The nation's leading location-based marketing and advertising technology company helping brands build and activate marketing strategies based on real-world behaviors. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Gordon. Welcome, everybody, to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast. This is Gordon Burrell, one of your co-hosts, and with me is the lovely Corey Elliott. Welcome, Corey. Hello, Gordon. How are you? I'm great. We've got a great, great, interesting podcast today. More interestinger than the many others that we've had. We've Which got is a couple, hard to do. It, it is hard to do because mm. they all, they're all they all kind of interesting. We have a good friend, Carl Smith, who's an adjunct professor at the uh, Cairn University School of Business in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, and the School of Business and Leadership at the University of Valley Forge, my home uh, near my hometown uh, in Pennsylvania. He's also student media director at Bowling Green. Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gordon. Great to be here. And we have two of your students with us. Uh, we've got Allison Babacheco, who's business major at Cairn, and also works in human resources benefits at CHOP, uh, Children's Hospital of uh, Pennsylvania. And Kaylin Noggle, a junior studying uh, marketing at the University of Valley Forge. And interestingly enough, doing freelance marketing uh, as a consultant and working with a with a small business most recently. So Allison and Kaylin, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank so, you for having us. Sure. So what we're most interested in, and we're going to start with uh, with Carl, but we'd like to get to you, uh, both Allison and, and, and Kaylin, is Carl, our theory is, and we're wondering if if you're seeing this as well, is that we do have a lot of these uh, students coming in, uh, graduate graduating folks, but younger people certainly coming into businesses that really need help, particularly in social media, but with other types of marketing, trying to coach them into this new marketing world that's being created, particularly uh, digitally. So the question is, number one, are you seeing that? And number two, what are you teaching these people? <laughs> yeah, good question, Gordon. I think some of the students ask the very same thing. There's definitely a need for this. The students are coming out with some base skills, but they can contribute almost immediately to businesses. And I think that's because they've grown up in this digital world. That's how they were raised. They were raised on digital. And really, there's two things I'm trying to impart upon them to bring to the workplace. One is critical thinking, but the other is that if they don't know the answer, they know what questions to ask, and they know how to look at the data, and they know to look at information to come up with the proper answer. Uh, that's pretty interesting. So you're in, and Corey, this will resonate with you. Mm. You really want them to look at data and to really make some judgments based on data rather than their own personal preferences and personal Absolutely. use of media. Yep. Yep. One of the things I emphasize to the students, when, especially in the data analytics classes, there's three phrases I don't want to hear during a presentation. I think, I like, I feel. I want the data to tell the story. So that it's about telling stories with the data and then making decisions based upon that. Well, I think. No, I'm, that was <laughs> Congratulations, you've just failed, Corey. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. 
Oh, great. So, you know, I think what we're most interested in in hearing, Allison and, and Caitlin in particular, and Carl Tryman, if you wish, is your thoughts about marketing. But let's start out with something very simple. And we'll start with you, Allison. We'll start with you first. Tell us about your own personal media habits. What type of medium or device do you use most in an average week? I'm going to assume, maybe incorrectly so, it's a cell phone, a smartphone, but it may be many other things too. And what type of information do you access? We'll start with you, Allison. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely a cell phone. I use it all day long, all the time. And you're asking me, what do I use on it? Like what type of social media I go on? Yeah, where we where do you get information other than personal stuff, texting with folks or making phone calls or or things like that? You know, what what type of information do you access uh, from a, a media standpoint? Yeah, I would say Facebook definitely. I think Facebook provides so much like information, both political and local, and everything else that's going on. You just see people posting things that is relevant in you know your your world. Um, as far as, you know, very local to global. Um, and then it causes you to kind of do other research moving forward to like Google this, figure that out, you know. And I also um, I also use, there's this app called Newsbreak. So I have like different things that are coming through my phone on there. I don't know if all of it's legit or not. <laughs> that definitely requires, a, a, you know, a fact check. Um I use a few other social media apps, but I would say Facebook is the most effective as far as being up to date. Mm-hmm. So this is boiling it down. You get your political news from Facebook. Not necessarily, but... <laughs> no, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just saying that that's kind of what I heard. Uh, <laughs> it did sound kind of judgy, a little judgy. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. I'm sorry about that. Um, I know. I was just asking a question. I was trying to understand. So stick with me here, and then Caitlin, we'll get to you. So when you want to know about the weather, what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, where do you get that? I would go on my weather app on my phone, mm-hmm. and it tells me a pretty good estimate of what the weather will be like. Is there any instance where you need to know information about the local community? It might be an event. It might be news. It might be you know, something you saw elsewhere, maybe a a murder, God forbid, or, you know, anything else, some type of local activity, local uh, information, any time that you typically access that? I mean, if I'm accessing, like if I'm looking for local events, typically Facebook has a segment where you can do like local events coming up and you see all that. But if I'm looking for like a local murder, I'm probably going to go to Google and type in, you know, that sort of information to, you know, get a little bit more facts. Kaylin, how about you? Your own personal media habits, what type of medium device, uh, what type of information do you access? I use my cell phone for pretty much everything. I use my laptop for other things like schoolwork, but when it comes to my social life and also my work life, my cell phone is my go-to. Um, I use social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to connect with other businesses and to stay up to date on certain things as well as connecting with people on my own time. But like my professional email and my personal email is found on my phone, the weather, everything I could possibly need is right there. I could even do calls like Zoom meetings on those for classes. It's just a tool that I carry with me and then I use primarily. When was the last time you listened to a local AM or FM radio station? Honestly, 
I'm, I'm hoping. It was, <laughs> it was whenever I could not connect my Bluetooth to my car, I do not voluntarily choose to listen to radio stations very often. When was the last time, do you think? Is it like a week ago, a month ago? I mean, how often? Probably like three months ago. Okay. This is going to sound like an inquisition, but I'm really curious about the habits. Can you name the local TV station in your market, like the call letters or what it goes by, you know, like News Channel 10 or something like that? I cannot. Okay. Uh, Allison? No. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That was a pregnant pause, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut let's, that out later. Let's try this question. <laughs> I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. There is, you know, it, it is fascinating. It just really, really is. When I grew up, which was a long time ago, um, my parents were complaining that, you know, I never read a newspaper. I just sat in front of the TV and that formed as I had kids, got older, et cetera. Um, you know, the way I viewed things as well. So kind of understanding, you know, what, what you're going through. So, so here's a question for both of you, Allison, you can go first. When was the last time you held a printed newspaper in your hand? I couldn't even say. Kaylin? For me, it had to have been at least five months ago at my grandmother's house. I do not <laughs> voluntarily. I, I don't, we don't get the newspaper anymore. And she would constantly look at the newspaper, especially if it was something to do with my family and hand it to us. So I, I have no idea. <laughs> Corey, Corey, do you hear that? It, mm-hmm. It's the sound of three quarters of the podcast audience just clicking out. <laughs> yeah, just going, well, the, the, yeah, this is this is nothing we want to hear. It's absolutely something we need to hear. So, Curl, save us yes, here. Sir. Give us some perspective. Tell us that Allison, Kaylin, and, and your other students, their own personal habits are not, you know, you don't think will be necessarily carried into a new marketing person coming into a, a, a business and saying, no, we don't need outdoor, we don't need newspaper, we don't need TV advertising, we don't need radio advertising, you just need to advertise on, on Facebook. Is that reasonable to assume? It's like, okay, well, since Kaylin and Allison don't, aren't around and don't really touch newspapers or listen to radio, et cetera, it doesn't mean it's not a viable part of the marketing mix. What Gordon is asking, Carl, is what the hell are you teaching these people? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll be as graceful as I can with this answer. And I think it's about what audience you're going after. If you're going after the audience, if you want Kaylin and Allison and that peer group, you're not going to reach them with newspapers. What I would say, Gordon, is that I think this is the clarion call that newspapers have not been heeding for many years, which is you have to adapt to the audience. You have to make something relevant to them. If Kaylin picked up that newspaper at her grandmother and said, wow, there's a lot of great stuff that's relevant to me, I think she'd be more likely to pick it up again. But I think what you see is they've never been, they've never found themselves in a newspaper. And I think that's a, I think that's a content play for newspapers to become more relevant and recapture that audience. So let's take a quick break and we're going to come back. And Allison, I'm, I'm going to ask you, being in uh, being a business major at Cairn, studying, studying data, your thoughts regarding all of this. How important is data? How it plays into the overall marketing picture? And I'm going to have a specific question for both of you, kind of a scenario where you're hired by a company and you know what would you do if you're going to bring some great innovation and creativity to the way that they currently market? What would you change? You know, what could you bring to them? So let's do that right after this. 
Since 2012, Guarantee Digital has provided white-label product fulfillment and sales support for media partners and digital agencies in hundreds of markets. Some clients resell Guarantee Digital's full suite of agency products and enjoy white-glove fulfillment by Guarantee's Midwest-based team. Some simply hire Guarantee to be their on-demand sales specialist, booking Guarantee on calls to help them close more deals. How can we help your agency grow? Learn more at GuaranteeDigital.com. That's G-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-E Digital.com. Ground Truth's advertising solutions reach consumers during relevant moments throughout their day to generate meaningful business engagement for marketers. Ground Truth can help you deliver solutions to support your goals, whether it's boosting awareness, driving store and website visits, or increasing sales. Find ways to extend your reach and amplify your message across CTV, mobile, and desktop. Find and engage consumers based on where they've been or where they are in real time. Ground Truth makes the process of growing your business seamless. Learn more at www.groundtruth.com. Welcome back, everybody. I've got a question, Gordon, if you'll let me. I have a question for Allison. I have a question for both of you, actually. Being a data geek as I am, I want to know, and we talked a little bit before the interview that you yourself are are data geeks. What is, as you're going out into the world and as you're exploring the world of marketing, what do you feel is the most critical piece of data you could have being a marketing professional, going out and starting a career? What is one thing that, boy, you hope you get your hands on? Okay, so I'm not sure if I can tell you one specific piece, but I can tell you as far as just in general, being able to find and fix issues to be able to make things work better. You want to be able to have information. You want to be able to have numbers in order to see where you're at. You know, how many people are responding to this? How many people are clicking on that? Is the heading of this good? Is it catching people's attention? You know, you want to have those type of things. Just very, it's very um, dependent on the specific area that you're in. So it sounds like a lot of like web analytics kind of things, right? Yeah, if that's if that's what you're like the market you're in, absolutely. That's okay. what we've been learning in class. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> you're welcome. A, a point in his favor. Caitlin, what about you? If you had to uh, generally speaking, data, what what data excites you and you think is absolutely critical for for well, hell, you you've started your own business. You you started consulting. What do you look at? That is a very complex question because (laughs) like Allison said, it's very situational. It really depends not only on the business, but also your target market as well. And that is something that will change from, you know, company to company. More specifically, I'm working right now with social media. So definitely clicks versus like the number of organic posts and how many organic reaches there are. It really is situational, but the bottom line is letting the data be able to tell the story. I found that very important that it doesn't matter what you think is going to work or if you feel like there's a certain way to reach a certain audience, the data is what's important. It it will tell you if something is successful or not. What about demographic information? What about just understanding and you can say, no, it's not important. Understanding who is in a market, is that important? Or no, just let's start and we'll redo the campaign as it goes along. 
For me right now, I'm working with small business. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot more open-ended than it would be a company that is already has their target market. So you're discovering the target market right now. Talk talk with us about that if you could, you know, generally describe the product and then what your thoughts are. You must have some thoughts about where you you would best uh, spend the marketing dollars or marketing time, whatever it is you're going to do. The small business that I'm working with is actually a clothing line. And that is going to be located along a boardwalk in Wildwood, New Jersey. So that target market is a lot of travelers, a lot of vacationers, and a lot of young people in particular. So the main outlet that we have been really diving into is social media marketing. Nothing in maybe local marketing, billboards, or anything that would touch tourists as they're there physically in Wildwood? Oh, of course. Yeah, there's going to be a physical store there. So Mm -hmm. vacationers, there will be signs all over the boardwalk. There's going to be displays. There's a lot of opportunity for that as well. And that pretty much speaks for itself on the boardwalk since they see tens of thousands of people every single week that those shops pretty much stand out individually and speak for themselves. But in terms of having loyal customers in the off seasons, we've been really building up our profile online to be able to get customers and maintain them seasonally. This is a great question. This actually is fascinating because what I'm sure you've been taught by somebody as brilliant as Carl the, uh, about a consumer funnel, right? You got the top of the funnel and you, you you work people down to the middle of the funnel where they buy something and then they can advocate for you after that. Because what you were talking about was a lot of uh, marketing around retaining customers and talking to the same customers again and again and building mm-hmm. up a base. How do you put new people into that funnel? How do you get them to the shop? How do you get them to understand who you are? That is also a very tough question because it's really hard to obtain new customers than it is to retain them. So right now, for me, it has everything to do with the grand opening and the promotional aspect of your brand. If there are promotions that get consumers in and like reasons for them to buy your brand over other ones, which also ties into competitive advantage, what makes your brand mm-hmm. better than other people's, mm-hmm then people are likely to convert over to your brand if you give them a good reason why they should. So I got a question for you, Kaylin, and then I'm going to have one for you, Allison. Let's say there is a significant marketing budget and someone made an appointment with you from a local radio station in Wildwood. And they said, hey, do you realize that 80% of the population in Wildwood, and I don't know whether it's 80% or it might be 60%, but it's actually pretty high, listens to the radio while they're in Wildwood, whether they bring a radio to the beach or they're listening on radio.com or an app, you know, or while they're in their rented house or whatever, they like to listen to local radio station. Is there any pitch or information you could envision that would convince you that money would be well spent to advertise this store in radio? Or is it just out of the realm for you? I have not had experience with radio broadcasting myself. However, how I basically go about it is if the majority of the consumers are there, let's go there. Mm -hmm. Because we want to reach the most people within our target market as possible. And instead of making them come to us, we have to come to them. 
So you'd be open to it, at least hearing, yes, hearing of a course. pitch. And I assume for the newspaper or for any outdoor company or any, anybody else that would seem to have an audience that might appeal to you. Yes. Allison, question for you. Let's talk about products you've seen advertised recently. What type of advertising influences you the most? And I, this is personally, is there anything you've seen endorsed or advertised that made you say, hey, I think I need that? or knowing what you know about marketing, impressed you as, wow, that's a great way to market. Yeah, I would say typically giving you a certain percentage off, like coupons and whatnot, usually gets you because you're like, okay, if it's something that you already like, you might as well go there because you're getting a good discount off of Mm -hmm. it. I also think a great marketing scheme is, uh, not scheme, I don't want to say that, but (laughs) there's this thing called Ipsy Glam Bags. The girls probably know, you guys probably have no clue what it is, but it's like little bags oh, of makeup. Yeah. Cor- Corey, is, it's his favorite shop. ABC <laughs> it, it, it really bags, is. Right? I have a yeah. plethora of them, yes. <laughs> and it's like like 60 to $100 worth of products, but it's only $10 a month that you pay. And they have this great marketing plan that goes like, you know, if I'm a member already and I want to send it to two of my friends for free the first month, they can get it for free. And then like, they have to make sure that they cancel after the second month, but I've done it. And every single one of my friends has always kept it because it's free. It's $10. It's worth it. It just makes sense. So things like that are just like, how can you say no? It just, it's so logical. Can you recall how you found out about that product? Yeah. Word of mouth. The word of mouth is honestly one of the one of the best marketing. Like if someone is going to tell you their personal experience and how much they love it, like you're going to like, you might be like, no, I don't need that. But it's going to stay in your mind. You're going to think about it. And you're going to think about it. And eventually you're going to be like, all right, well, maybe I should just try it out. And then you try it out. And then you're like three years in and I still get Ipsy Glam bags. So. <laughs> Do either of you follow Kim Kardashian? Never mind. I, was, I withdraw the question. <laughs> I'm referring. Okay, he's to, just trying to. He's just trying to find somebody to bond with. No, I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, and Carl, I'd, I'd be interested in your perspective on this. Then we, we've got to wrap it up. I do have one follow-up question. Uh, back in September, I believe, early October, Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and I remember watching the very last piece of it where she said something fascinating. It was ten seconds, and she said, "So I'm not. I don't even understand why I'm here." I have like 330 million followers and SNL has what, 10 million? So it's going to be a little chill, intimate night. Now that you may be go, oh yeah, that's right. But people in media go, oh, wow, you're right. So Carl, there are these influences out there. Do you, do you, influencers, do you talk about that in your class or what are your thoughts about, you know, the new influencers not being a big media with a huge audience, but an individual who's developed their own following and their own audience? Absolutely, Gordon. Um, it's funny you mentioned that when I was with the Produce Marketing Association and we were looking for ways to get people more interested in eating fresh fruit and vegetables, which was the association's uh, mission, well, we were talking with someone who uh, was a, a retailer in the sporting goods field. And we were saying, like, what would you suggest to the produce industry? He said, get LeBron James to hold an orange. Kids will eat it. So it's 
it was really that simple. So yeah, I think that, you know, I think that's something we all need to come to grips with it. It's beyond celebrity endorsements now. It's really about engaging and partnering with these influencers who can, you know, raise your brand to a whole nother level. It's it's a it's a different world than than the old endorsement model. Yeah. And Allison, I think you were referring to that in that, yeah, you see it's word of mouth, of course, mm-hmm. but it's a friend or somebody you you know, it might be a a, a rap star or somebody else. Right that you follow that says, yes, you should really use this. And you go, oh, hey, well, I'll, I'll try that. So, mm-hmm. so let's let's end up and we'll start, Caitlin, with you with this question and then Allison go to you. So let's say the owner of Boscov's uh, department stores hired you at Boscov's, 49 locations, Ohio, Pennsylvania. They're based in Pennsylvania, I think, New York, New mm-hmm. Jersey, big department store chain. So they hire you guys in to provide fresh, new thinking to their marketing team. They're going to continue doing outdoor. They're going to continue doing direct mail and radio. So bring us your best ideas. Your job is to do something innovative, something they haven't thought of to increase holiday sales, especially going after 20-somethings. You got to increase holiday sales. Get them into the stores. What would you do? Give, Give us your best idea, best thought. Well, this isn't necessarily something that you come up with on the spot. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Ten seconds. Pass or fail. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, just you know, just free association here. What, yeah, what do you think? And let's say they've never really tried anything outside of traditional media. What would you direct them towards? Do you think? Well, if it is a younger generation, like twenty-some-year-olds, like you said. Definitely a go-to is reaching them virtually, giving them virtual options to be able to go to their social media pages or to connect with them, get all their questions answered online. Any way that you can be reached online, it should be available because that's all people carry around these days is their cell phones and that's what they rely on. And they also strive for convenience too. So it also provides that outlet to be able to get what they want when they want it. Mm-hmm. Influencer marketing play a role, do you think? Yes, of course. Influencer marketing works for all ages, just depending on which influencer that you are using <laughs> and for what product. Good. Okay, Allison, how about you? Put you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with what Kaylin said. Definitely like trying to reach these people virtually. I do also think that you could do something like you could take some time and research the data. What are the hottest things? This Christmas season, you know, what is it that people want? And if you see that you carry those products, you want to highlight those products. You know, you want to put them all over the internet. You want to put them in the newspaper, if they do it on the newspaper, on all the coupons, in the emails, everywhere. And also like deals. I feel like people just love deals. I love deals. So I would go for deals. <laughs> yeah. Deals uh, digitally. So like a coupon that comes to you via text or digitally or a QR code or something that you show on your phone or clip out a coupon that comes to you in the mail or out of a newspaper or flyer or something like that. I would say the first, but you also can't forget about our older population. So they- Thank you. They, Thank you very much. <laughs> they, need, they need that. Because a lot of, I would say a lot of, I shop at Boss Cubs and a lot of older people shop there. So you want to make sure you're getting everyone, not just the younger people, but for the younger people, you got to, you know, accustomed to the, what they need. Yeah, I just can't figure out how to print a coupon off of my phone. That's, <laughs> that's the big problem. I just- <laughs> Anyway, uh, Carl, I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Thank you very much for bringing these young folks to us. 
Give us some encouragement. Tell us, uh, you know, who you're sending out there in the marketing world and how you think they're going to change it. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Um, I will tell you that the students I'm seeing come out now, the good news is they're very digitally savvy. They're bringing literally a decade of experience living on their phone, which you're not going to get from a lot of people. The other thing they, I think they have a good concept of is they know that there's data out there. They know the information's out there. I think if a media company can come to one of these young marketers and explain to them that they can reach the audience that they want to reach in a way that will reach them, I think that will resonate with young marketers for sure. I think it's a good combination. Excellent. Thank you. And Corey, thank you for contributing so heavily to uh, <laughs> to the entire hey, you're, conversation. You're welcome, Gordon. I think I was really the key piece here. Really. You are the key piece. Thanks, everybody. Allison, Kaylin, Carl, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Guaranteed Digital and by Ground Truth. If you have submissions or ideas for future shows or guests, email the hosts at podcast at Associates.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, market well.